it's some sort of expressionism or something like that. So I've always hated hated that sort of thing. But if it's uh, but when it comes to this, um, all I will say is that like um, it's two things that are very American coming together. Somebody relieving somebody relieving somebody who who was dumb and full of money uh, from their cash, and somebody who sees an opportunity to sue sue somebody for said money that they do not have any right to. So this guy um, saw all this. He woke up and he prayed to the Sioux God By- Byron Allen and <laughs> to uh, <laughs> for Please, Byron <laughs> Allen, oh thou. <laughs> <laughs> for guidance bless me with litigious glove <laughs> <laughs> please show me how <laughs> the ways and... of Byron <laughs> Byron and... starts shooting in a merry position <laughs> <laughs> and uh and he went for it and you know like it's this sort of shit right here is probably why I like like God abandoned us all a long time ago and uh probably set up a better uh a race of uh, being somewhere else because it's like hum- humanity is a lost cause. This just adds to it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Shoot the Shit Podcast. It is just before July 2nd. Uh, a few days before in the States, Independence Day, or the 4th of July, we are back with episode number 68. With me, as always, my partner, Crime Mr. Two Beards. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, I hope everything looks good. Uh, can you check the stream? This image and everything look all right? Because uh, uh, we were fixing it on the fly. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it, we'll do it live! Popping up some, uh... <laughs> I saw we were popping up some... Uh some some different like uh old school um splashes there <laughs> well now you're yeah. back to being uncle beards instead of being yeah. con <laughs> yeah i walked in your in your shoes for a bit it was quite sweet yeah. <laughs> you live a, a good life man well i do <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing sir we're almost we're almost at a holiday weekend how you feel uh, pretty good pretty good that's good i'm um, finding that the older i get the more i have to keep notes for things which is annoying but um outside of that yeah can't complain yeah man that's normal i i, I try to, i have um at my job i do uh like um github for those who don't know github is usually a repository for like coding so that multiple people get like share code and make updates to codes and stuff but i use they have a um a project manager aspect of it where you could put tasks and what you're doing fixes and shit for i just use it you know for everyday tasks because i can't remember makes sense <laughs> so uh, you said i saw this mess how do you how do you what, what 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 why do you say in this mess these xbox numbers you don't believe they're true in the u.s that the uh that the switch is leading in the u.s right now and that the xbox is at ninety one thousand, playstation 5 at seventy four thousand. Um, it's definitely a possibility, but the only reason I don't believe it tr- it's true is because uh, I think VGC is making a, a, a rough estimate, like, since okay. uh, yeah, Xbox doesn't give out its numbers. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okie dokie. Yeah, you should be happy. 
Oh, I, I I would be happy if if it was, if I knew four exactly was concrete, but I but um, I already know that they're doing well. Phil says that they're uh, they're actually uh, selling out of the system as soon as they can get them on show. So if Phil says that's what's going on, I I, I trust him and believe him. And that's a good thing. If Phil, you I'm, trust. If Phil, I trust. I'm so um, beyond happy that uh, outside of all the um, console war bullshit and fanboy nonsense. That this is one of the most competitive years for uh, gaming ever. Hmm. So like, yeah, it's so many good shit. It's so much good shit coming out of um, of gaming right now. Like we're seeing so many great projects, and and now it's like, uh, I'm glad that Sony's first party has pushed uh, Microsoft to have a better first party. Microsoft improving upon PS now with uh, with Game Pass. We're now going to get. Uh, it's it's only inevitable down the road we're going to get a Game Pass version that that's equal to uh, uh, a PlayStation game uh, a PlayStation version of Game Pass equal to uh, Microsoft's version of Game Pass. Hmm. Uh, Nintendo will continue being Nintendo and just do whatever the hell they want. But uh, <laughs> outside of that, it's, it's pretty damn cool. Okay, well, we got it pretty stacked, but I think it might be a short show. But who knows? We talk a lot. We go down <laughs> a lot of stuff, but. We got some interesting things, some quick topics, looking at some of the Sony acquisitions. Uh, we'll cover that. We'll um, we'll look into some TV, of course. We'll talk about fresh off the off uh, the press with what's happening with Lovecraft Company, Dexter, Halo, and then we got some um, some interesting topics to discuss. One, the you know it's Independence Day. Why why you know why not talk about the judicial system? <laughs> <laughs> And a and and a wonderful wow that's a Florida man. I'm I'm glad you got you supplied this one because the uh, one I chose was was pretty uh, hard. Uh, let's just let's, let's say this real quick, right? So the one I chose that you guys only hear was about a mom who got sentenced for um, basically getting kids drunk and high and having playing with them. I'll say I don't, they didn't say she was having sex with them, yeah. but playing with them. I'll say that much. Uh, mother and these boys, right? Who her son would, or daughter, I guess it was her son, would invite people over for a sleepover and she would do all this stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. When I was young, there was some hot moms that would do that shit with me. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that just lucky. goes to show how fucked up our brains are, right? <laughs> I know. The same thing when you, I heard with like teachers, I was like, dude, there were some teachers back in my middle school days, dude. I wish <laughs> would give That's me an A. <laughs> for laying down pipe man <laughs> shit <laughs> that's just me that's just my thoughts I'm, I'm not uh, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, so you don't agree you don't agree you, I, I'm the only one who oh, no 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 things. no no I, I I used to think uh, I used to definitely think that way and then like the mar- oh, and then used many- to. you have yeah. ascended a high to a higher plane of a uh, yeah, I was basically uh, browbeaten to how much of a shitty person I was for thinking that way. <laughs> yeah, 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 I admit I am a shitty person thinking that way. But, you know, sometimes as a man, you can't control what your other head thinks. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> it comes to your mind. It comes to your mind. You can only hope to just say, yo, calm down there, Tiger. That's it. <laughs> uh, before you go into monologue duties, can I say one thing to you? Shoot. I woke up this morning to find out that there was a fucking warrant out for the rest of Chris Hansen. What the fuck is wrong with this? Did you see that article? Yeah, I didn't see what the warrant was for, though. 
the, so the warrant was out. So Chris Hansen evidently um, do, did what he normally does. He helped with capturing predators. And they subpoenaed him, I guess, to testify, and he didn't show up. So now they got a warrant out for his arrest. And I'm like, all the fucking work this guy does. And now you got an arrest warrant because he didn't show up to court? What the fuck? Can you, like, check all the make sure he's okay first? So now we're going to have somebody, Chris Hansen, Chris Hansen. Have a seat. Have a seat. You know why you're here, right? <laughs> there are no printers for you to catch today. <laughs> you know why you're here, right? Oh man, what a, uh, what, a what a what a messed up day, man. <laughs> too too good, too good. All right, so I'm going to shut up. The floor is yours. Have at it. All right. Um, my monologue this week is: I want to say that uh, Sean Layden was right. And uh, by Sean Layden, I mean the former uh, guy at uh, Sony before Jim Ryan took over. And what I mean by Sean Layden was right, um, Sean Layden started to think like um, he was basically getting into the idea that every uh, AAA game doesn't have to be this 40 to, to 60 hour um, experience where like uh, where the budgets are getting overblown the development time is anywhere from five to eight years to complete. And like, um, and these uh, things become so expensive, they can like sink, uh, sink um, whole companies. So it's like he was saying that he feels that like a, uh, a tight anywhere from eight to 15 hour experience is actually, uh, it would be an actually pretty uh, good experience. And I, and I have to say that I agree, because it's like, as the it's like uh, not that I want to say to shut out these these big open world experiences altogether, but how many of you guys have played like the forty hour game where like like uh, even though you're promised a forty hours, you're, you get like nothing but repetitive, boring missions that don't actually add to the actual story. They aren't compelling. They don't even make you want to do the missions. You, you kind of start slogging through it, as opposed to getting a nice like tight uh tight experience where like you're actually immersed in the story you're not broken into like a, a stupid side quest that does nothing for anybody and you actually get to play this like full experience that'll stick with you uh that'll stick with you um way after you play the game like um i know there are a lot of people who are saying i don't want to pay 60 hours for like a uh, a shorter a uh a 10 hour experience but like um coming from um uh, uh my geezer time in in gaming like we like paying $60 for, for a short experiences where we're actually just part of games altogether. It's, it wouldn't be something new that's brought to the table. It would be something that's, that, that's actually has always been part of gaming. And I feel that having a nice mixture and having companies to go back to this would actually be a good thing. Also, as we're getting flooded with tons and tons of games now, it's harder to stick with, uh, especially if you're one of the many who jump into a, a, a never ending game as a, a lot of those are coming out these days, it's harder and harder to sit down and like play through a uh, a Final Fantasy 15 or a Red Dead Redemption 2 or uh, Outer Worlds or uh, um, or Fallout or any of these other super long games and having them stack back to back to back. So imagine like having that shorter experience, you get a, a really nice clean game that's tightly and well put together great narrative, great dialogue and everything. And then you can actually jump to the next experience and play another game. It's, it works better with you time-wise. 
you probably get a better experience out of the game that you're playing. And I think it's just better for the industry overall. And that's my uh, rant for this, or my monologue for this week. Boo this fucking man. (laughs) Boo! (laughs) Boo! Boo this fucking man. I take it you want your 60 to 80 hour experiences? Yes, I don't want them limiting Elder Scrolls to 10 hours. No, I'm still saying there's a place for that sort of thing. Or 15 hours. Let it be what it's going to be. I put minimum 150 hours in the Elder Scrolls, unless it's Skyrim, which for some reason, I know people are going to be like, dude, you're you're fucking horrible. But I, I, I did not like Skyrim. I did not like Skyrim. Um, but yeah, yeah. I love I, I love that. I, I, I do agree with you, right? I think yeah. like if you're playing Spider-Man and other games like those, I, I think that they should be at the most 20 hours. At the most yeah, 20 hours. Cut it that, right? Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. But I do think there are places for certain experiences because I look at like RPGs differently, right? You're talking about uneventful side quests and stuff that doesn't do anything. But from my mindset, side quests have always just been the purpose to just mainly, for most part, just to level up your character so that, you know, you're strong enough and you get enough experience, you know, to be able to do what you need to do. Now, in these new side parts of gaming, now they put little branching stories and stuff to make it more interesting. But for, from when I've been gaming for a long time, which is probably 30 plus years now, <laughs> is I could easily say that, you know, side quests have always usually been boring. Yeah, but some of them actually do it real well. Like if you oh, go now, back to yeah. like, uh, now, yeah. I mean, even even if you go back to older, like if you go back to something like Brave Fence or Musashi, all those oh side quests are great. You're talking about yes. PlayStation in the 90s. A lot of yes. these kiddies listening to this probably weren't even born in. But like uh, guys in that in that particular game, like um, they were really showing their ass. Like you would have like side quests where like uh, like a, a kid got a kidnapped caught by vampires called Vambies, I think they were called in it. And like you had two different outcomes. You could either save the kid and get him back to the village before night fell, or if you waited too long, the kid would be a vampire and you would take the vampire kid back to the village which would have a funnier outcome. But it's like, it's great that they actually had those type of uh, side quests back in the day instead of like, um, Ma- was it Mafia 3 where basically it was wash, rinse, repeat for every time you took down a Yeah, a but that's, that's, that's a budget issue. That's like people trying to blow it out of the game because they don't have a budget or time. But isn't that like with a lot of stuff now? Like, yeah, um, yeah. like, like outside of, uh, outside of like your, your Rockstar games, and like outside of like um i can't i can't really um speak for um i can't really speak for like um all the final fantasy games i don't think 15 was like that from what i played um and i i do like the uh i did like enjoy the side question uh, side quest on outer worlds but having a lot of other games have uh, suffered from um from a uh, side mission bloat where it's just the, the missions are just there just to be there to, to stretch the game out. Yeah. Like, it's been like that for like beginning the gaming. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but you only get that. In, but keep in mind, you only get that in like RPG open world style, style stuff. You don't get that in regular games. It's yeah. only in open world games, right? Most games are closed environments like Spider-Man, like take Spider-Man, right? I didn't do half of the side quests cause I didn't care. I just did the main story cause half the side quests were just mini games. But, there you go. But but it's still a choice though, right? You can still the game was still forty hours <laughs> without doing the side quest. 
<laughs> you know, I would just do that maybe just to get like experience or maybe unlock a specific outfit. But outside of that, if they actually can make the 40 hours good where it doesn't feel like it's stretched and drawn out and dragging, then I say by all means. And, even, and that doesn't even count like the blow the side quest part of it. Oh, I if, hear like, you. Have, yeah. Then I say by all means, go for it. Dude, I was but good. I, I was getting to a point where I was like, God damn it, when's this game going to fucking end? <laughs> See, you shouldn't feel like that when you're playing a game. <laughs> sh- it should be the opposite. You should be feeling like, shit, it's all, I can feel that it's over. I don't want it to end. That's yeah. how That's yeah. how you should feel. I hear. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into some of this foolishness real quickly. Um, acquisitions, we were talking about be getting Sony buys uh, Returnal, uh, group Housemark. And then, of course, they bought um, uh, Nixus Software, who's known for doing basically uh, console to PC ports. And then uh, Take-Two picked up uh, Dynamics, which is very best known for their facial animation and facial rigging, used in, of course, in Red Dead Redemption 2 and uh, NBA 2K2. I got to play Red Dead Redemption 2 again. My gosh, I got to play that. Such a long game. It's just such a long game. Um, <laughs> there goes there. There you go. Forty <laughs> hours. There you go. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, my part. You know, it all makes sense, right? I think Returnal, uh, for the most part, they've been working on this game since PlayStation Four, uh, and it just makes sense, right? It's been around. The game came out, did very well. It just makes sense that they're, you know, Sony just wants to snatch up people and uh, fill up their thing, and then of course the uh, them buying Nexus makes even more sense. Because now we can see that, yes, they're going to start pushing more games, PlayStation Studio games to the PC, which is good for me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, makes this uh, PlayStation 5 purchase make me question it a little bit, but still. Uh, <laughs> but I'm still happy, right? I'm still happy, you know. So I, I have no problems in the take two. I, you know, I'm all for it. You know, they're, they're trying to get as realistic as they can. I don't know if you have an opinion on any of this. I'm sure it's probably the same, but what's your thoughts? Well, same thing. It's a good idea. They they bought um they bought studios that people uh, that were already making games uh, for for solely them anyway. So like it uh it all makes sense that that these would be the next uh, um acquisitions next acquisitions and like uh it's still heavily rumored that they're in talks with uh to take Arc Systems. Which will also make sense because, like, the majority of games from Arc have all been, have basically all been a uh, PlayStation, uh, right after the 360 era, and like the only the only time you saw an Arc system game come out is like, um, either if it's a two D two D side scroller like the uh, River City uh, Girls or like a uh, a licensed property like uh, Dragon Ball, so it, it makes uh, it would make sense for them to uh, pick up them as well, especially with the with that, with them now being the owner of Evo, if they want to move forward to like bulking up uh, stuff for their their fighting tournament, but yeah, I'm like, man, like, but Ark, they they really do hate Microsoft, don't they? <laughs> Why do you think Ark hates Microsoft? I'm just joking, but I was oh, looking okay. at they, they put they put a sale out, uh, they put a sale out, which I actually put in the Discord in the deal section, and the sales are for Nintendo, PC, and PlayStation. <laughs> They ain't got no games on Xbox. I told you. They that. got four games on there, man. Yeah, old games, old games. Like the last one they put out was like Blast Blue, and that was like on the 360. River City Girls is a new game. Oh, I didn't even know that was even them. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. So that's some of the positives of Sony. 
Now, the negative for Sony is that it came out, the long article came out on Sony, basically a dev basically stating that um, for Sony, uh, for their games and to get their games noticed, like Sony has a blog basically where they, they outline some games and for them to get on the blog, they literally had to pay an upfront cost of $25,000 and sometimes it would be as high as $200,000. And then, of course, a lot of uh, indie devs kept coming out saying that their their games in terms of sales and so forth would never sell well on PlayStation. And then also they took a 30% cut of the profits and all these other things. And it's kind of sad to hear, you know, um, when you're an indie dev, you know, you, you, you're like four or five people strong, even smaller than that. You know, you want to get in the game and you finally come up with your one little game and you wanted to be on PlayStation because, you know, in your Kickstarter, you said, hey, if we hit this goal, we'll put it out on consoles. And then Sony's like, oh, yeah, well, if you want this shit to get up on our store, you got to pay us $30,000. 30000 is a lot. What do you what, what do you think, Beards? Yeah, it's um yeah, it's a real bad thing. Like, I never understand, like, why when these uh companies, like, when they're, when they, they, uh, they get, like, such, um, they have like such a wealth of uh, good faith from the, the consumer base. Like, why do they just they just burn these points in such a bad way? Like, hearing all the woes uh, that are coming from these uh, these India devs, you can tell there's a huge disconnect. And like the whole like um, like I, I don't know. I would be super frustrated if I could, if I was told that I that I um, I have I have to actually get permission to put my game on sale, and then I have to actually. Uh, have to go through an invite or pay a 25k that's, <laughs> the, that's the dumbest that's, thing you have to be yeah. selected to put your game on sale what kind of bullshit yeah, is it's that? yeah it's insane it's like you're actually it's it's so like like snooty sounding and sounding like you're just like uh like it's like you're you're like um one of those like kiss my uh you should be kissing my feet for the right to be on my platform sort of thing so, uh, yeah, and you would think, right? I, I understand major games, but indie games, it's definitely where it's at, and definitely where a lot of people spend a lot of money, right? A lot sometimes kids, let's just be honest, kids and sometimes working adults don't have time to spend money on a sixty dollar game, or even have money to spend on a sixty dollar game, but to get a nice little experience and a fun game for like five, fifteen, twenty dollars, that's more their their price, and they'll jump on those indie games. So you would think that as a company, you would definitely bring them in, especially when you saw Microsoft back in the 360 days. They, I mean, they just relished off of indie games with their summer game fest and stuff where they would just bring in all these indie games. It's mm -hmm. just easy. It's just easy way to snatch up um, exclusives from people that you don't even have to shell out millions of dollars to. Yeah. Somebody actually pointed out that like, um, even when you notice that there is, um, even with uh, some of the bigger titles, you actually see cheaper uh, prices and stuff all across the board. Like, uh, but then like you'll come over to uh, the PlayStation Store, and there'll still be stuff at regular price prices until they until they actually do their own sales day. So that's crazy that like um, like uh, you can see a game like Doom on sale on sale uh, on Epic Steam microsoft and switch but like it's uh just still the same price because nobody wants to guess the the pay to put their game on sale 
<laughs> so I agree. like, I agree. yeah, it's just nonsense. And like, I the the uh, another bad faith decision is the um, in in my opinion, the charging for the uh, upgrade to a game you already own, especially if the only thing you're getting is a uh, a graphics boost and like a a frames per second um boost. Like, if you're not getting like additional content and like almost a brand new game, just just paying like a oh, paying paying again but actually paying ten dollars extra on top of that like paying 70 for the ps5 version i think yeah my idea yeah i think so too yeah yeah so yeah. oh last thing i want to say with this is shame on all the other people who try to you know rope microsoft into this to yeah what the fuck was that <laughs> it's like dude the, the guy was clearly talking about sony stop yeah. stop trying to bring in like Microsoft and other people pad your ego because you know you're a Sony pony. Yeah, I'm like sheesh. I'm like, it's one thing if you had like actual fucking evidence, but it's like we all know what fucking ID ID and Xbox is. We all know that like we've known since back in the fucking 360 days that you can pay twenty dollars and turn your Xbox into a development kit. Like this is shit they've been doing forever. They have a whole YouTube channel. uh um that caters to uh to indie games and they also like put indie games on their showcase all the time it's like stop it stop it <laughs> exactly I, I don't know. uh all right let's go to a little bit of bad news so um halo interesting this let me first start by saying interesting that we're 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 close to halo coming out and they still haven't showed this trailer or anything for it but both of Halo's showrunners have left. <laughs> um, <laughs> before the season even came out. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of weird, right? So you have, um, I believe it was Steve Kane was the uh, first one. And then, um, oh no, excuse me. Kyle Kinnan was the original showrunner. Um, and, and then Kane was picked up uh, later on in 2018 because production was going overseas. They wanted Steve Kane. They handled the overseas uh, show running when they would film overseas in different locations like Budapest and so forth. And then so Kyle Kinnan left and now Steve Kane is left. So now we have a Halo series that hasn't came out and both of the showrunners, you know, wiped their hands and they're done with it. Does this bring concern to you, uh, Two Beards? As, as a fan of Halo, oh, we, and we've discussed wanting to see a TV show and hope we've even talked about a lot of the images. Does this scare you? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. I am starting to think that uh, Halo is a cursed series for adaption to outside of the video game form. Well, the books I hear do good, but for it, for like uh, media such as uh, movies and television shows and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't understand what's going on. Maybe one day we'll get a behind the scenes on why the two guys left. Like, I hope it's just something like, uh, I hope it's not something like that they ran into, like, people uh, who were trying to, to show their creative process. I hope it was just, like, the unfortunate weird coincidence of both of them getting uh, getting uh, better contracts to come work at another, on another show or something like that. But other than that, like, it just seems like nobody wants to, to stick stick around or continue to work on this series, unfortunately. Yeah, I, when it always worries me when you see uh, when you see something like this, 
And I, I posted an article, we didn't talk about it, but it came up about how Mass Effect was in its height of its time during Mass Effect 2, how they were trying to do a Mass Effect uh, movie or TV series. And then a lot of it, they were saying, well, it can't be done. This Mass Effect is too big. It can't be done in a single movie. And then they tried to do a TV show, and then that fell off the rails. I think you this this there's a roadblock when it comes to doing uh, famous video games as a live action. And I, th- isn't it weird too? Yeah, you would think I, it shouldn't be like that. You would think. I think they're in the. I think it's because they're in their phase where like, like the people who are doing their projects. They can't sit, sit beside or disbelief. They're thinking of it as like a, a children's platform or something like that because it's video games and they're not taking it seriously. Like, but it's crazy how you can tell me that you can look at stuff like Battlestar Galactica, The Expanse, uh, Dark Matter, and then say in your head somehow that or or the Star Trek all the Star Trek shows, Babylon Five, and then say in, and then say in your head like seriously that I don't think. A Mass Effect uh, TV series can work. Yeah, like it's yeah, yeah it's, it's insane to me that you would <laughs> that these type of like decisions, like people who who were like, uh, I don't think a Tomb Raider movie can work, but we had fucking Indiana Jones forever. Like it's yep. it's um it's crazy. Like uh, but I think once we get past that point, and people just realize it doesn't matter what media it's adapted from, all you need is like a passionate director, passionate actors, and a good story. And like, uh, like you know, people who actually want to work on the project, then you can crank out a, uh, uh, crank out a good piece of cinema or a good piece of TV. Well, if anybody's going to do it, it'll probably definitely be HBO. HBO is known for its TV series, and I think Last of Us, it's going to be a smash hit. But um, I I'm think ho- so too. I think they're going to knock it out of the park. I'm hoping Halo is good. I mean, a lot of people want to see Halo. I'm, I'm just surprised that they didn't show anything. You know, for I'm hoping that there's still that's a, another thing to, to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping there's another Microsoft event where they kind of show it. Mm. I'm hoping Phil, so. Phil might have saw it and be like, "Nah." Might saw yeah. the acting and guy guy might have came through. I'm the master chief. <laughs> yeah, leave like, Mr. Nah. Shriver alone. Leave Mr. Shriver alone. Nah, we good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, fingers crossed that even though the two showrunners left, that this is going to be a, a mm. good experience. Fingers okay. crossed. So talking about uh, from uh, showrunners leaving Dexter, which of course ended on a way bad note, put a bad taste. Um, they're trying to fix it with this new Dexter revival. It's interesting that this is actually coming into fruition because I remember years ago they were doing meets and greets. They were going to cast together, and they were all talking about Dexter and coming back and trying to get a pulse from the people of whether they're going to do it. And the people were like, yeah, we want it, we want it. And they were like, okay, we'll do Dexter again. And it'll be like, hey, it's just Dexter. Okay, all the cast. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) from the original Dexter show outside Dexter is really going to be on there. Um, And then, you know, it got me kind of worried. So um, to ease my worries... Uh, what we've wound up seeing is that they casted uh, Clancy Brown as the villain, which is, to me, amazing. I think Clancy Brown's a hell of an actor. I am saying his name right, right? Beards? Is John, you talking about John Lithgow? No, no. Clancy Brown, the guy who does the voice, um, used to do the voice for Lex Luthor. 
I mean, yeah, oh. yeah, Clancy Brown. Yes, yeah, so yeah, Clancy yeah, Brown, yeah. yes, Clancy, yeah, I did say Brown. So Clancy Brown will be the villain of the uh, new season. And then now we just got word that John Lithgow will be returning back to Dexter um, as the Trinity Killer, probably Dexter's best season ever. Yeah. So they're going to be bringing back uh, John Lithgow. What do you think about this choice? It's interesting. It's still, it still, it, it really, um, it really has me even scratching my head more on what this is actually going to be. Are they mm-hmm. going to do a, uh, are they going to do like a short, condensed, no filler retelling within a miniseries uh, type uh, format hmm. and give us an overall better ending? Or is this going to actually be a continuation and is Lifgal's character just going to be like a, a ghost that haunts him like, like a... That's what I was thinking. You, you I was... fucked up. Because they didn't, and I always call the guy Dexter's dad. I can't think of his name off the top of my oh, head. Harry. Harry, yeah. I always call him, every time I see him, I always call him Dexter's dad. He was, uh, he was a black light. He's in so many shows. I always say, oh, it's Dexter's dad. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, Raiden, folks, for those who don't know, Raiden from Mortal Kombat, the, the worst movie ever, part two. But, uh, <laughs> he didn't get the chance to reprise his role. They didn't even bring him back. So that was surprising. Like you would think they would, yeah, you would think they would bring back him or or his or the sister, but then you know I think about the sister and I'm like, well, you know Michael C. Hall was staying her for most of the show, and then at the end of the show, towards the end, they kind of had a really messy breakup, which you know you could see kind of on the show. So he probably them two probably don't even want to deal with each other, even though it's been five ten years. You would think that you know maybe some of that would you know beef would be squashed for you know a role, but maybe that might be one of the reasons why. But yeah, I was with you. I'm starting to think that, yeah, he's going to be one of the ghosts. And from what I'm hearing from the grapevine for a lot of this, uh, it, it takes place after Dexter. So he's going to be in a whole different town and everything. And evidently, we were going to see his son, too, I guess, in this series, too. So who knows? I think this is supposed to be a one and done. But, you know, people like it. You know, they're going to times going to stretch it, you know. Oh, most definitely. And um, end of our our information or quick stories. Lovecraft Country, sir, wah, wah, will not be <laughs> returning for season two. Uh, they said that um, they will not be coming back uh, for season two. They they chose not to uh, renew season two of uh, Lovecraft. And for most of it, from my understanding, it was sim- It was a similar situation to. Uh, HBO's The Watchmen, at least that's how I was hearing, with uh, Misha Green. Like uh, it was all dependent on uh, Misha Green. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? Do you have any other more insight to it? What's your, and what's your thoughts on this? Well, unlike uh, unlike The Watchmen, were like um, they were they were settled on it being a one uh, a one season show, and they had no intentions on it uh, continuing after that with. With uh, this one, it looks like they were actually waiting for a uh, script to line up from uh, Green, but uh, on where to take it since uh, the since like it'll be one of those things where they ran out of material or a guideline from the first book for for the season, so this would have to be its own made up thing for season two. I'm thinking either a they did not like where that second script was going. Or B, all everybody is scattered everywhere in their own projects, and by the time that they would get around to being able to do a season two, it wouldn't be worth it, um, as far as uh, the company goes or as far as engagement goes. I personally, um, 
I was thankful to see so much uh, to see uh, black characters in this type of story format. But at the same time, my biggest beef for that, which I've already said with uh, Lovecraft, is that um, I feel that they were trying to uh, to put so much of uh, black trauma and culture into uh, they were trying to to. It wasn't like the Watchmen where you got blown away by the uh, the Tulsa ma- the Tulsa uh, massacre scene. It's like they were trying to script. They were trying to put Emmett Till. They were trying to put everything they could into. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tulsa, yeah, Emmett Till. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it just after a while, it just felt like, uh, and they were even trying to push the whole like the older generation having a uh, how how fucked up it was if you grew up and you were gay sort of thing and stuff like that. And like how that that pain transfers down to like uh, to um, abusive, uh, abusive and broken uh, generations for like that come after and stuff. And after a while, I just started feeling like the characters were just like uh, they were just uh, plot pieces. They weren't actually characters like they were just sprouting off one lines of philosophy and stuff like that. Hmm. Like it, it, it just became all over the place. I got it got hard for me to connect with anybody. And like so, the, I think it really got the series really got away f- from itself instead of just being like a uh, a more uh, tightly uh, knit thing. So okay. I'm, I'm not I'm not sad that there's no season two. Basically, I'm a little bit sad. I actually enjoyed it probably a little bit more than you did. Uh, those things really didn't bother me. I enjoyed the characters, and for the most part, I like seeing people, brown people, you know, have to be able to tell stories. You know. And I was hoping to see some see it go somewhere. Um, one of the things that too that the show really went into was sci-fi with the one mother and the uh, daughter, which is something that for a lot of times when it looks at black people for some reason there's this huge disconnect. Like we don't do sci-fi, <laughs> which I never understood. That's, that's that leads into what I was talking about. I'm like, so we we start off with the occult and the supernatural. And like, um, and they kind of even like set us up like we were going to see Cthulhu was the big bad at one point in time, like the way that the uh, the dream sequence starts off in the beginning. But then it's like we go from there, we all of a sudden break off from the supernatural to like we go to time travel, and then we go to to Afrofuturism, uh, then we go to the uh, the whole like jumping planes and multiple universes. Like it's like it really felt to me like the show didn't know what it wanted to be. Hmm. And Zesco, welcome, says the show focuses on black trauma and all its aspects. Yeah, I think I, I personally think that was a um, that it didn't that it took away from the show more than it than it actually helped. And she says it made a hit bit hard. There's a lot of people who were upset. I saw a lot of the replies from a lot of people who were very, very, very upset with with the show um, not continuing on. So there's definitely a lot of fans. Oh yeah, yeah. I can see why there's fans. It's it was a very pretty show. Um, it had a lot of uh, when it when it was on point, like the um, like the uh, the Vietnam episode. I think was one of the best episodes. Like the acting was real tight. The storytelling was real good. Mm-hmm. And like for a self-contained episode, they they fleshed out the characters so well. Like um, so like when when we were on episodes like that, I was like that this is uh this is amazing. But then it's like um. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about uh, when the uh, the niece got like uh, cursed by the uh, the police sheriff, and she had the um, the jigaboos chasing her around town. That shit was scary <laughs> as fuck, though. 
don't know how I felt. That about shit that. was scary as fuck, dude. That was some of the scariest shit I ever seen, man. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's for me. It was like it was hit or miss. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I looked at I looked at it differently. Almost like the whole season was anthology, and it was just a whole bunch of stories that all intertwined as one. That's how I viewed the whole series, <laughs> and I enjoyed it at least from that aspect. But you know, to each their own. I'm I'm sad. Yeah. I know you don't care, but I'm I'm a little bit sad. I would like to see a season two, even yeah, if it didn't we... cover this group, and it was an anthology and it was totally different stories, different eras, and stuff like that. I still would have loved to see it. Yeah, because it's like one last thing I'll say on it. If I actually could have, uh, if if they actually could have just kept it a um, a supernatural back in the. Uh, the the Jim Crow days sort of story from beginning to end, and didn't have and didn't add the uh, the um the extra things that were basically like um like um covering other aspects of activism. If they just kept it on, uh, was the main character's name was Atticus? That is correct. Yeah, if they just kept it on Atticus the whole time and his family, and I think if I think uh I think it would have been more tightly knit. Like, like, don't get me wrong. If another season came out, I would watch it. It's not like God of High School or something like that. Um, but like, uh, wow. <laughs> but I, I just kind of felt like deflated afterwards. Okay. Like I. Yeah. All right. Uh, Zesco says, uh, but it may have been hit a bit too hard talking about the trauma. She was calling about Jigaboos in terms of what you were talking about. Uh, there was a lot of symbolism in the show, and I think that they could expand it. And explained it more, but I think they should have spread the stereotypes and trauma out across more than one season. Uh, also, let's be honest, they killed the blonde woman at the end of the season with no remorse. You knew it was over. (laughs) 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 All right, so you ready to talk about some law? Yep. All right, so we this this week we had some very interesting. So last week's show. We had the Chauvin, who was sentenced to 22 and a half years, right? We went over that. And we went into this year, this um, week, where Cosby, pictured here, uh, 83 years old, was let out of jail. You can't call it a technicality, but due to the government lying. So for those who don't really understand, basically, um, the prosecutors uh, basically... They knew they didn't were able really to build a case or they didn't have a strong enough case and they needed testimony from Cosby. So during his um, civil case, they stated that they will not press for criminal charges if he testified and answered specific questions, which he did, which, of course, put him under oath. And they had statements on certain things like Quaaludes and all the other stuff. Of course, they get a new prosecutor years later. And then that prosecutor says, for whatever reason, we're going to pursue criminal charges in which we did get the conviction. But now, because he broke the oath and the promise of the previous, Cosby's technically not innocent, but I guess you can say he's innocent. The whole point is everything, the case was basically scrubbed. So it's not a technicality because they reneged on a lie. Basically, they scrubbed all of it gone, and Cosby is now, yes, inadmissible is now out 83 years old and he's able to spend the rest of his life and we had some we had some interesting things that came out of that um for instance 
Uh, Felicia Rashad came out on Twitter, which she later recant, and she stated, um, finally, a terrible wrong has been righted, a miscarriage of justice is corrected. And she said that in terms of Cosby, of course, for those who don't know, Felicia Rashad played Cosby's wife in the show The Cosby's, um, Claire Huxtable, and to which um, <laughs> Fresh Prince, which some will say is the second coming of the Cosby's, um, <laughs> Jeanette Hoover uh, came out um, and said, Felicia, what are you thinking? I don't know you. But to say that this was terribly wrong, everyone knew what he was doing back then. How could you not get your umbrella sister? Here comes the shit shower. I'm outraged that he has been released. Yes, he is an older ass guilty man. I would have to have said he's old, he's out, and I'm happy for him, but he's still guilty. I know five women who have not come forward. Enough of y'all know better powerful men do wrong things black or white so i'm going to go to youtube ears let's have a discussion on cosby what's your thoughts i'm just going to start off with that uh i'm not going to go over my personal thoughts on Why the not? Case or, or whether Maybe i people uh, want to hear it <laughs> i think we've i think i talked about that on like old shows enough i will go over like um so i'm not going to go over my uh how about you give a quick summary at least whether you're for or against whatever so that people who may not be be new understand what your stance is on cosby at least do that okay much. all right so like when it comes to law i feel that like um i am i am definitely here for the whole like uh the movement of if women tell you that something happened to them something is wrong then believe them and actually take it seriously um but with that being said i am also of the rule of innocent until proven guilty. So like, I do not care if you throw a thousand accusations at somebody, there still actually needs to be a, uh, there still actually needs to be a trial. There still actually needs to be uh, evidence. Like um, we do not convict people here in the United States based on the, uh, based off of the court of public opinion. That's just wrong. And the, the history of my people our people know that that sort of thing is wrong. Okay. So, uh, so as um, I remember, because back in the what? day, real quick, back in the day, Mega Man, uh, fan of the friend of the show, would come in and y'all would have some heated Discord uh, conversations <laughs> on on uh, Cosby back in the day when he was going through. But continue. Yeah. So, like, I, I, um. Um, do I personally think that, uh, do I personally think that, um, that, that he, he raped anybody, um, out of 60, out of 60, out of 60 accusations, like there has, there has to be some, uh, some fire to that smoke. Okay. But the sad, the sad thing is that we take it back to a time where like, where these things took place and, I am sadly old, old the fuck enough to note to remember this shit. Getting drugged off your ass and like uh and having um sex that you don't even remember what happened the next day, or actually uh slipping people drugs that you were going to have sex with was actually commonplace. Like uh there are documentaries out there on things like um look up like stuff like Studio Fifty Four back in the day where oh, people would actually where people would actually walk around with uh necklaces with little golden spoons on the front on the end of them 
to let people know that, hey, coke party over here if you want to get high and then get into some strange shit afterwards. So yeah. like, un- so unfortunately, like, uh, and I will always say this thing, just because something was normal back then doesn't mean that it's right. That's all I was going to uh, ask you. Yeah. It don't mean it's yeah. right. Yeah, it definitely does not mean it's right. Just like people used to 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 marry uh, um, eleven and twelve year old girls back in the day. This shit's not. This shit's not right. It's never going to be right. I think he was doing something that everybody was doing at that time. Then I think another big portion of it, like when you find out that there were people where he was basically just paying their college tuition, and he was like, uh, and he was meeting up with them on multiple dates and like giving them. Uh, upwards of $2,000 per visit. I think he was just a womanizer and a sugar daddy to, to multiple women and basically just kind of used them and like threw them away when he was done with them. Like, uh, so I, I feel that a huge part of, uh, a huge part of that was womanizing. I do think he did drug people at that time. And even that was normal then yes, but yes, it was still rape. So with that being said, um, as far as him getting off on the case, if anybody is mad, be mad at the prosecutor. He fucked up. Yep. Like, uh, this is a case of being so fucking hungry to get that conviction that you circumpass your own rules and stuff that you have in place, your own laws to get that, that conviction by any means necessary. He didn't even fucking ki- like this. Ma- you should be so angry that he didn't even care that this could one day be flipped back because he knew he did something that he shouldn't do. So, like, if you want to be mad at anybody, um, the system didn't fail this time. Like, like, uh, just be mad that that just be mad that this guy uh, took it took it upon himself to do something that he wasn't supposed to do to get this conviction. I agree with everything you say one hundred percent. I really don't have much to add to it, but I agree. Right, the man is innocent, whether you want to think about it or not. He's innocent. The case never happened. That's the way you got to look at it, because the prosecutor was so hungry for something, mm-hmm. um, he basically fucked over. And you can't charge a man when you say you're not going to charge a man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you make that deal, you make that deal and you have to honor that deal. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. You need to think of these things before you before you give those things up. So I'm cool with it. I've always been under the belief and my opinion doesn't mean anything. Um, of course, it's just my opinion that Cosby did do a lot of these things. Um, I think he was definitely a predator, but I think a lot of men with power, money, are predators, right? It's is I don't want to say that it's is status quo, but to my mindset, is in my mindset, it is. You know, it's it's status quo. So um, I don't think he's doing anything that a lot of these other big actors and celebrities aren't already doing, right? And a lot of it may be consensual. A lot of it may not be, you know? I, I mm-hmm. uh, But I agree to your statement. I think that, you know, it was, especially because a lot of these were in the 70s, 80s. It doesn't make it right, but yeah, everybody was pill-popping and doing different shit. Were there people who didn't realize it? Of course. Were there people who went there and did it because they wanted to do it? Yes. Right? It was. It's always a mixture, I think, of both. But um, the man is out. Um, as you stated, I think you took the words out of my mouth. Don't be mad at Cosby. Be mad at your legal system, your justice system, and yep. the prosecutor. I'm sure people are going to look and at this like, like OJ once again. They're going to look at it like the OJ case. 
mm-hmm. even though he and went out on the technicality. But yeah, I also talked. I was talking to that about. Uh, I actually brought that up. Um, I was talking to the wife about that, and I was saying like, um, it's another fucking case where it's like the prosecutor just kept fucking fum- fumbling the ball. I think that was my first time where I realized that court cases were not like the way they were depicted on television where they're they're going out of their way to have hard evidence and all mm-hmm. this stuff that oh, yeah. is so much it's so much like fucking theater to uh to win the jury over. And I'm like, like what in your right mind thought that getting a well known bigot to come and testify on your behalf, somebody who was so fucking itching to uh to get this man that he he hopped over the crime scene before <laughs> before uh it was supposed to be investigated. Like some like and and then it's like to and going on in their head, they were thinking at the time, all right, if we have him put on the murder gloves, it paints the vision to the jury that he's the one that killed this person. But in my head, I'm thinking, we found these murder gloves in the fucking washing machine because the killer was trying to wash the blood off of them. They may have fucking shrunk. Yeah. <laughs> Why in the fuck would I put those gloves on them? Cause now your jury just sees that. The gloves don't fit him, and now you got fucking Cochran over there making dropping bars and shit. If the gloves don't fit, <laughs> you, fit must you must quit. quit. <laughs> so, so yeah. So it's like a, after seeing that sort of thing, I'm like, it just goes to it. Just sucks that like uh that a lot of it is a whole lot of like 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 theater, like smoke and mirrors and sleight of hand of more it than is. it is actually yeah like actual, trying to actual yeah. Case, yeah. I know. I know. Real quickly in chat, Zesco uh, says, people with power prey on those without male or female, it doesn't matter, which is 100% correct. Um, the social norm of that era was different than what it, we have now. So he's doing what he was, was the typical trend, which is correct. But like we mm-hmm. said, still doesn't make it right. <laughs> nope. So from So from one court case, we have another. Allison Mack who uh, was used to be on Smallville. She played, like, the best friend of um, Clark Kent to the point that her character actually got created in DC Comics in 2010. Um, She basically got three years of supervised um, release uh, after serving prison term and has to pay $20,000 in her um, part in the whole NX uh, M14M. Do you know about this M14M, Two Beers? A little tiny bit. All right, let me let me go over real quickly some of this stuff for for those who don't understand. So basically, M14M uh, was basically a cult. Typical cult, right, that you would think about. Um, the cult had, of course, their cult leader. Um, I forget the guy's name. He actually got 120 years, too, for this. Um, and basically it was a cult leader and he had a whole bunch of women who were basically his, uh, soldiers. Think about, um, Kimmy Schmidt, the show Kimmy Schmidt. Think about that, (laughs) right? Um, (laughs) literally that's, that's literally it. Uh, so you had John Hamm, who's not really John Hamm. And then you had all the, uh, the women and basically the women went out, they, um, groomed other women to come join the cult and the cult was done in a way of empowerment, right? So you mm-hmm. had all these affluential women in New York, Alison Mack and other actress, uh, famous actual 
women and they would go out there on sets and you would be an actress and they would say, oh, you got low self-esteem, you got this and that, you know, come into our group with all of us women, we could help you, empower you to be better, a better person under this empowerment. And then from there, um, of course, the leader would choose different women, they would groom them up. And of course, the leader with the idea of having, of course, it was a sex cult raping and having sex with these women. Allison Mack even brought up to the point that um, they all had brandings of the mm-hmm. actual cult leader's um, initials KR. And that was actually her. She actually would brand <laughs> heat and metal, brand these women um, with their initials. And they, of course, it was a whole bunch of BS. It was, it was rape and forced labor and a lot of gar. Uh, uh, BS shit even to the point that um, evidently there was even a Ponzi scheme amongst all of it (laughs) which is like the craziest shit so um, it was like he wanted to dip his toes and everything yeah so Alice Mack only gets three years in prison even though she was basically like you could say almost like second in command she was going out you know grooming and grabbing and recruiting all these women these 80, 90 plus women, she was the one who was going out and grabbing them, recruiting them. She came up with the branding. But because she was helping uh, the prosecutors and giving testimony, she only gets three years. What's your thoughts, man? I love the justice system award snitching. And, uh, <laughs> well, not all the time. And uh, certain people, um, they have the, uh, the privilege of getting uh, more empathy. Yep. Than other people do when it comes to sentencing time. Yeah, amazing. Because it's like, yeah, she it. ruined so many fucking people's lives. <laughs> yeah, because she was being, yeah. she was brought up. She like evidently there was a chance where she could have got um up to twenty three years per um per I guess charge you could say. Uh, it was she was uh, guilty. She pleaded guilty to racketeering, racketeering conspiracy. Um, charges itself and it's just it's just it's just crazy man it's just crazy it is yeah and it's like dude she was the one who was who was leading this whole sex cult like and and the crazy thing is like you look at this guy right for what he did was wrong he got 120 years but yet you know we do murder and you only get 20 years 22 years just to see the way the justice system is, it, 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 it's a very upsetting to me in yeah. terms of... Um, but then you'll have, um, like, the woman I was talking about before who was molesting children and giving them drugs and doing all this other shit, and she only got, like, three years in jail for that. Mm-hmm. For fucking up these kids permanently and only gets three years in jail. Yep. I, I mean, well... You steal I, money, I you get life. I legit know people who uh, did double digits for selling weed, so that's that's uh, that's that's quite a that's quite amazing right there. Yeah, she shed those tears and she she got what she want. But three years, I think that she should have got more for what she did. Um, minimum ten. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it should have been more than that, but still, I mean, geez, what do you yeah. think? Oh yeah, definitely minimum ten. I remember when they first like uh, I remember when they first like this the, they first dropped this um, this uh, this news and like I had to do like like a triple take I was like wait a second like Chloe from Smallville yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like no nah, nah, that can't be I read that wrong wait it, it is her 
Yeah, she evidently she was recruiting even back then while she was yeah. on Smallville. Yeah, I was like when the uh, when um a uh, homegirl who played Lana was a part of it for a small time, but she yep. left it. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> evidently, there was a lot of people in Hollywood uh, women that were still part of it. Like uh, the one of one of the uh, actresses from um, Dynasty, her daughter was part of it. She was actually gave testimony to it too. But yeah, uh, Zesco says uh, she is a white woman. Enough said. If she's willing to work with them, they are willing to be very lenient. But she's what? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> so is she gonna come back to do the voice of Chloe for the the Smallville animated series that's coming? I'm sure she can. Is that- <laughs> I'm sure they'll forgive. All, they'll forgive. All is forgiven, right? You know, they'll for, forgive it. She's snit. She's good. <laughs> Holy shit, man. That like I said, it is crazy. <laughs> like I said to those who begin the show, it's going to be a very quick show. It's holiday weekend. Nobody wants to keep anybody up. A very short show. But uh, you ready to get in this what the fuck, man? Oh, uh, sure. This what the fuck of the week comes from Two Beards. Two Beards. A Florida man is threatening to sue an artist whose invisible sculpture sold for $18,000, saying he came up with the idea first. Uh, earlier in the month, an Italian artist named Salvatore Garral went viral with his immaterial sculpture that is a work of made literally of nothing, which sold for 15,000 euros, 18,300 US dollars at an auction. Articles about the sale were shared widely, often accompanied by captions of I could have done that variety uh, users posted pictures of blank spaces, their own invisible sculptures, which could surely be had for a fraction of Garou's price. Uh, many bemoan the fact that they didn't even think of it first. Then there was Tom Miller, a performance artist from Gainesville, Florida, who says he actually did do it first. And now he's filing a lawsuit against Garou to prove it. The Florida artist says that in 2016, he installed his own invisible sculpture in Gainesville Bo Diddley Community Plaza, an outdoor event space. He titled it Nothing and erected it over the course of five days with a team of workers who moved blocks of air like mines building a Great Pyramid of Giza. Tens of thousands were on hand to see the opus unveiled that June. Miller even made a short film about the work a mockumentary that featured fake artists and curators as talking heads. He compares his respective take on nothingness to John Cage's four by thirty four feet thirty three, uh, and Seinfeld. Uh, and here we got an image of him standing in front of nothing, uh, the creator of nothing sculptures. <laughs> All I can say is personally that nothing is very important to me. Miller told Artnet News in the email, "I should be credited with nothing, specifically the idea of nothing." Fashion into sculpture form and Gainesville, Florida, not Italy, is where nothing happened first. It's worth pointing out, of course, that the immaterial art has a long history of stretching back to the 20th century. Yves Klein exhibited an empty gallery of space in 1958 and the vision of air, architecture of air a couple of years later. Tom Friedman installed an invisible wool object atop of a plinth in 1992 and sold it for 22,000 euros nine years later. When I saw Garo's work, I thought, well, that's exactly my idea, Miller told local news outlet WCJB TV earlier this week. I simply wanted to wanted that attribution. 
I contacted him. He dismissed it away. And then I hired an Italian attorney. Morris Gainville's uh, base lawyer, Richard Fabiani, said that they have sent Garu's letter and are getting ready to file if they are uh, if we are not able to work out an amicable resolution. As of now, no suit has been filed yet. We think that it's clear that Mr. Miller created his work before Mr. Garo, and we know that Mr. Garo was aware of the work, Fabiano says. Mr. Miller clearly deserves to have his work recognized and to enjoy all the rights and benefits that such a recognition brings. Miller may have been more uh, comp- Miller may have more competition than he realizes since Artnet News first published an article about Garu's work. Numerous other artists have written to me about their own invisible sculpture practice. It turns out it's hard to get noticed when you're an artist who makes nothing. <laughs> there you go, Two Beards. Zesco said facepalm. So, go ahead, Two Beards. This is your article. I'll let um, you kick it off, man. Well, it's like... Um... Is everybody who who, uh, who knows me, I've always been completely disgusted with um, with modern art, and I'm not mad at like people going out there and just doing stuff like painting Hulk statues gold or or throwing uh, big curtains over buildings and stuff and and getting paid uh, money for it. Because you know if if somebody wants to buy it, people attach a worth to whatever they want to attach it to. I just got insulted like back when they would say things like the sort of things that we all do is not art, but what they do is art. Like the whole like um like uh setting a, a, a hierarchy up by putting down people with actual talent just so you can go and like uh smear poop on the wall and say uh it's some sort of expressionism or something like that. So I've always hated hated that sort of thing. But if it's uh but when it comes to this, um all I will say is that like um, it's two things that are very American coming together. Somebody relieving somebody relieving somebody who who was dumb and full of money uh, from their cash, and somebody who sees an opportunity to sue sue somebody for said money that they do not have any right to. So this guy um, saw all this. He woke up and he prayed to the Sue God By- Byron Allen. And to uh, <laughs> for Byron Allen, oh thou, <laughs> for guidance, bless me with litigious luck. <laughs> Please show me how the ways and... of Byron. <laughs> Byron and... not shooting in the very position, <laughs> and uh, and he went for it, and you know, like this, this sort of shit right here is probably why I like. Like God abandoned us all a long time ago, and uh, probably set up a better uh, uh, race of uh, being somewhere else, because it's like hum- humanity's a lost cause. This just adds to it. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say on it. Quite hilarious, though. Oh man, I- this is all I got to say. <laughs> I understand, right? that people could do whatever the fuck they want with their money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I understand that there's a huge inequality where certain people have money, a lot of people don't. But the fact that this dude spent 18000 for literally nothing. 
baffles my fucking mind. Very baffling. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I, I just, I don't, I'm just confused. How you Maybe, have uh, an empty room and you say, and you do an auction and the person is like, and you end at $18,000 for nothing. You literally just gave $18,000. You know, know, I'm going to say this. They were were cleaning money. That's all I'm going to say. They were cleaning money. That's what it was. It was cleaning money. That's all I'm going to say. It was cleaning money. At least that makes much more sense than, than buying something that doesn't exist. That's... Oh, Lord Byron Allen, bless us with your litigious <laughs> luck. And show us how you became a billionaire. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh my God. It's too fucking good. <laughs> so, end of the show, sir. I want to say thank you to everybody listening. I hope you enjoyed those who are listening later on Tuesday. I, if you're in the States, I hope you enjoy your holiday weekend. I hope it was safe. Uh, remember, folks, to definitely, you know, like, subscribe, do all that wonderful stuff. Let us know how you like the show. Right. Pass it on, share, all that good stuff, you know. And Mr. Two Beers, why don't you tell the wonderful people where they can find you? You hitting that go on the YouTube, sir? What's that? You hitting that go on the YouTube, sir? We have videos out on YouTube. Okay, you're saying like and subscribe for the yeah. live show here. Well, no, but, uh... well, like and subscribe will be for those who are listening. I said on Tuesday. So when they listen on oh, Apple Music, they should like and subscribe. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. This guy, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find me at Twitter, and that is at uh, Scorpio Report. Or you can put in Bitsaki, that is B-I-T-S-A-K-E. Either one will get you to my Twitter handle. You can find me on Instagram at Bitsake, that is B-I-T-S-A-K-E. My current recommendation is um, for anyone out there that is currently uh, dipping their toes in the political spectrum and you happen to be a person of color, and even if you're going to progressive channels and it doesn't feel like, um, even if you are progressive yourself and you don't feel like... uh, like they're actually speaking directly to you, like, um, or they they don't seem to feel that your issues matter in the whole scope of things. Uh, if you are want to find out, like, uh, if you want to watch somebody who keeps you covered in politics, who actually gives you their um, their full uh, their they 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 basically will give you their full thing straight. They they um, and they actually have a lot of information. They're very well learned. They know they know their shit. I would like to uh, recommend the Roland Martin show if you are diving here, fucking here, one hundred percent. Yeah, you want to um, basically he's a he's a very good source of information, um, and he'll set he'll set you straight and other people straight who come on the show about a lot of things uh, when it comes to this political landscape these days. So that is my recommendation for this week. Awesome, I hear here. I I, I do it multiple times. I recommend Roland R. Martin. I'm a, I'm definitely part of his whatever his club is. <laughs> That's so my uh, definitely. I love the guy. He's awesome. Um, my name is Khan. You can find me on Twitter under Mobies M O E B E S, M O E B E E S. Remember, folks, shoot the shit. Every Friday we record here on Twitch.tv under Twitch.tv slash A R N G M, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Twitch.tv slash A R N G M. 
And my recommendation is the best anime that Tuvius has ever seen, God of High School. <laughs> he loves this anime. He thinks it's the best. He, he sh I'm surprised he didn't recommend it. It's probably one of the best uh, animations he's ever seen. <laughs> nah, that's I a not, joke. That's a joke. Yeah. I, I do not recommend that, people. <laughs> not no, at all. <laughs> no. That's a joke. My actual recommendation is uh, Sweet Tooth. It's a TV based off of a... Um, it's a Vertigo comic. I think it was a Vertigo comic. Yeah. Um, uh, the same name is on uh, Netflix. It's basically about a um, a disease that basically wipes out most of humanity, but um, outside that disease, you start they start seeing hybrid children mixed with animals, human animals, and for some reason they may be you know the the cure <laughs> you could say for for this says disease. And, you know, going through COVID and understanding, you know, two years and continuing, a full year and a half and continuing of COVID, I understand you may not care for the show, but I think the show is very uh, heartwarming. Um, it's very good. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Lots of smiles on my face. Uh, the main character he plays that, um, the main character, Gus, dude, just warms my heart every time I saw him. And um, the guy who uh, played the uh, hunter, uh, dude, just just warms my heart. I love their interactions. Such a good show. But uh, yeah, that's my real recommendation. Sweet Tooth. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. Uh, for those who are listening, um, this Sunday we will be watching Tomorrow War. I know it's the holiday, uh, but we'll be watching Tomorrow War uh, for those who want to come and join us. And then um, until then, remember, folks. Oh, wait. Any FUs this weekend before we go, sir? No. Happy happy 4th, everybody. Happy 4th. Remember, folks, shoot the shit, don't be shit. Peace out, everybody. Peace. <laughs>